Hello and welcome to this new and awesome episode of the Vox Exploration Podcast. I'm so excited to get started. Let's welcome our wonderful guest. Hi, my name is Bridget Ann Johnston. I am a young opera singer studying at Carnegie Mellon University. I am from Des Moines, Iowa. I also do some yodeling on the side, and I am ecstatic to be on the Vox Exploration Podcast today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, and let's listen to some of your yodeling on the side. Oh my goodness, it's so much fun. I love this stuff so much. Let's dive right in because there's a lot of music we'll cover today. I mean, lots of different types of yodeling that you have brought to my attention. Can you talk a little bit about the history of it? Yes. <laughs> yodeling, actually, a lot of people think of it as just something that's, you know, very like Swedish or German. You know, you, you, you get this image of somebody in like the later hosen, you know, going along. But it was found in a lot of different cultures, actually, which is really interesting. It's thought to be maybe tens of thousands of years old, all the way back to like the fourth century. There's mentions of it by Emperor Julian from the Roman Empire. There's also uh, Persian techniques that are really, really similar to the more traditional Alpine yodeling. Of course, you've got, you know, the Swiss Alps, which is where yodeling was used to communicate over long distances. Um, and you even see it in Central Africa as well, used by the Mbuti pygmy singers. They use it in their polyphonic singing. Um, which is also called yelly, which is another technique. And they all sound um, a little different, but the main consistency is the way they switch between their thyroarytenoid and cricothyroid dominance in their voice to kind of get more technical with it. I got super curious about these different types of yodeling, and of course, I had to go check it out. Let's listen to these amazing women from Central Africa. I'm blown away. to see that a lot of different cultures around the world figured this out and used this in different ways, whether it was for ceremoniously singing or communicating over long distances or other, you know, just more like artful techniques. Yes, and one of the things that most impressed me besides this polyphonic yodeling from Baca traditional music was by Parisa, a Persian singer. She's got to be in her 70s now and the recording is not pristine, but the technique is there. Oh. Oh, 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 oh,
it's a sudden shift of registers. Basically, purposefully making your vocal cords kind of like trip, you know, all over themselves in a way. Yeah, yeah. And then we will be covering a lot more about technique later in the episode. Now tell me, how did this end up in America? It came over to America through a lot of touring, yodeling families, actually, from the Swiss Alps. They were called Alpine Songs. Um, one of the most famous were the Rainer family. They toured the United States in the 1830s and 40s. Oh my God. It became like this craze. I mean, people went insane for yodeling. When you think of like the Sound of Music, like the Von Trapp family, you know, touring around. Like, I mean, these people were rock stars. Everyone knew who they were. You know, I heard this really sweet track once and I'm going to share it with you here. It's called Switzerland Musical Landscapes. They call this their natural wordless yodel. We had, you know, other cultures coming over to influence our own in a lot of different and cool ways. And now yodeling is infused still today in a lot of uh, country music, a lot of bluegrass music. So that's where it really got adopted in American, you know, yodeling style. Yes. And I'm so sorry for your voice breaking up a little bit right now because my internet connection is so bad. But ironically, it fits for this episode on yodeling today. Anyway, who is a wonderful go-to, let's say historically, an American yodel star? Patsy Montana um, was, I believe, the first female country music all-star. And she used yodeling in a lot of her music. fun about yodeling too and like how you kind of interpret it into today's realm is that it's it's a lot about improv of course there are you know some instances of being scripted but really at the core yodeling wasn't notated well that's interesting to hear that because so many times it sounds like perhaps just to my ears where it feels like there are some patterns that people can learn is that the case it's not so much typical patterns it's more typical ways to build them. So what serves you best in your chest range and you're switching between your chest and your head is going to be darker vowels, ooh, oh, ah, um, because the overtones that are in your chest voice when you sing those are more pronounced and they're also more unique to the chest voice. When you are singing in your head voice, if you use brighter vowels, e, a, that's going to help differentiate the difference between your chest and your head voice the most efficiently because the purpose of yodeling and what makes it really impressive is when that break is very, very pronounced. So that's why in like the typical pattern that you hear, um, yodole, yodole, it switches from a, 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 a. Yeah, essentially just like going between the two registers of the head voice and the chest voice in a very rapid way. So it would be so nice to hear you talk about that. Throughout my childhood years, 
I spent a lot of time developing my head voice in choirs and then musical theater. And it took me a long time to realize that in musical theater, to get those like high, you know, belty notes they mix. Yeah, the mixing. There's a difference between taking your chest voice, the register that you speak in. A lot of younger singers, they think belting is bringing the chest voice way up here and, you know, like forcing it out at a note that really shouldn't be. And no, nobody wants to listen to that. And you don't want to do that. That feels bad. What is healthier to do is to find a negotiation in your vocal cord muscles where you can bring some of the chest voice up, but you're actually using a blend between your chest and your head registers so that you're not putting, you know, all of the weight on your your cords. You're not forcing it, you know, up there. You know, I have to ask you to demonstrate, right? If I was, for example, singing Ariel, I love The Little Mermaid, and trying to take my chest voice all the way up, and I apologize for your listeners' ears, but if I was really forcing it, it'd be up where they you know, like nobody wants that. Um, <laughs> but when you have a nice negotiation between your chest and you influence that with more head voice, you get up where they stay all day in the sun. And that's much better. That's much more pleasant. Yes, that's so nice. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do something really dramatic. Can you yodel to the song? Uh, let's see. Yes. Up where they stay all day in the sun. <laughs> Wandering free, wish I could be part of your world. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's just a weird switch back and forth. Um, yeah, well, how would you explain somebody who has no idea what a chest voice or a head voice is really like how would you explain that i guess the real question is can anyone yodel anybody can if you imitate like a, a pubescent boy you know like the the voice crack if you are able to imitate a, a voice crack then you're able to yodel because what the voice crack is is it's a sudden shift between the cricothyroid and thyroarytenoid dominance in your cords. It's why that happens to males a lot because, you know, as they're growing and as their voice is, is changing, um, there's a lot of, you know, clumsiness that happens. Your voice is figuring out how to negotiate through all of those registers. Yodeling is cracking on purpose. If, you, if you've ever cracked, ever, singing, you can yodel. That is so interesting. You know, um, I've tried many times to learn the technique, but uh, for some reason that does not sit well in my voice. It does not happen easily. And I think there's an element of fear because the times I've tried doing that, I've hurt my voice. Like I couldn't sing or speak for like a day after that. I would say with any singing technique, if you do it, if you approach it the wrong way, it's, you know, you can, you can cause some injury. I wasn't ever afraid because the benefit of yodeling is that for me, the, the range, like the, the tessitura of a lot of yodeling sits very well in my voice. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, since we're talking about your voice right now, I'd love to know how did you get into singing? I started singing from a really early age. I remember little first grade me being very upset when I didn't get the ladybug solo in my, <laughs> um, you know, elementary school choir. I was a diva from the beginning. Um, I was very lucky that I grew up 
um, in a school district that fostered music very, very well. Um, that's Waukee Community Schools in Iowa. Shout out to them. So um, had a lot of great teachers in choir, um, and then choir evolved into theater. Um, theater evolved into um, show choir, more musical theater, and then into opera, which is where I am currently pursuing now. I'm a crossover singer. Um, so I, I really do both. I do musical theater and opera now, and I still do some choir. Um, so really, I, I try to do as, as much as I can, um, thanks to everything that I had in my childhood growing up. Yeah, girl, you were like born for the stage. I think so. That's that's my opinion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm excited to hear you talk like this because we are going through a very scary time. COVID has been devastating the music business. And when I talk to older people, or shall I say people my age, <laughs> about the pandemic, most are like, it's over. I'm terrified for the younger generations. But here you are, full of positivity and hope. And that gives me hope, you know. And I think your attitude will really help you navigate this crisis in a very, very good way once it's over. Your happiness, you know, when you talk about singing, the stage and music is just so very inspiring. So on that note, let me ask you the last question before we hear some music. What is it about this technique, yodeling, that fascinates people and puts a smile on their face? I think it's exciting because yodeling in its totality is built off of two things, communicating with other people and literally having fun. The only purpose of yodeling is to connect with others and to enjoy the facets of the human voice, which I think is a, a really, really beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful thing to hear you talk about this with such amazing knowledge. Thank you so much for this. As usual, let's close this episode with some music. Actually, some music I found randomly on the internet, but I was quite impressed with the singer. Her name is Melanie Ush, and she's known as the queen of yodeling. Thanks everyone for listening to the Voxploration podcast. <laughs>
Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember that the Vox Exploration Podcast is now available on all major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible.com, and others as well. Our mission is to connect each other through listening, appreciating the multiple facets of the human voice, the diversity of musical styles and genres from different times and places. In sum, the voice in its many incarnations. See you next time.